How do I appeal to a different market? How do I make sure that women understand these jobs are out here? How do I think of communities of color and how they perceive or don't perceive um, access to these jobs? You are listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board. Welcome to this episode of CEO Perspectives, a signature series by the Conference Board. CEO Perspectives are conversations that take an objective, nonpartisan look at a range of subjects that matter most to business leaders. I'm Steve Odlin, the CEO of the Conference Board and the host of this podcast series. And in today's conversation, we're going to discuss how one company is focusing on advancing workforce training and what business leaders need to keep in keep top of mind about that. Joining me today is David Etzweiler, the CEO of the Siemens Foundation. David, welcome. Thank you, Steve. Great to be with you. So, David, I think everybody knows Siemens. It's a you know a global conglomerate. It does uh, automation, technology, you know, energy, financial services. It's just it's an amazing company, and and they've established the Siemens Foundation, which you run. Maybe you could tell us a little bit more about the foundation, what it is, and what it does. Yeah, happy to do that, Steve. Um, and you're right. It's it's an incredible company with with its uh, its its uh, arms and legs in a lot of different places um, that are that are vital, particularly these days. But the the Siemens Foundation focuses on economic opportunity and equity, and we do that by driving workforce development, health equity, and clean economy jobs. And maybe I'll just spend a minute and and talk about how we got there. We really sat down a, a number of years ago when we set our course and our strategy, and and. Uh, look to figure out where we could get the highest return on investment for society, given the assets that we have to contribute, right? So we looked at the big needs of the day. We looked at income and wealth disparities. We looked at the need for a trained workforce in this country to, uh, to drive our economic needs and the, and the impact it was having on, on uh, democratic institutions. We looked at the assets of the company, so the German heritage and the and the tremendous culture and knowledge around work-based learning and apprenticeships in particular. And we looked at the, the assets of the foundation, really looking at youth and technical education, which the foundation had been in in a number of different places. And we landed in that place of really driving workforce development in these STEM technical fields, these jobs that require more than a high school degree, less than a college degree, and strong technical skills. Yeah, so th- this is a, a a great example. I mean, we're we're going to talk about the work of the foundation, but you know, for those of us, for those people who are listening, you might want to think about, you know, how do you do a strategy in a foundation? The importance of companies to have foundations or or similar activities that that you know address the community needs, because you know every every company has a series of constituents: their customers, of course, their employees, their owners, but the community is 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 so important and and so seem this is a model really that uh that others could follow and uh, don't have to do it exactly the same way but uh i think it's just really helpful to listen to how siemens thought through this and selected these areas of focus yeah yeah and and i'll just say it it continues to be the model i mean every board meeting we start with about a 30 second overview gets us all on the same page helps us understand what we're driving what we're delivering on where we can do better yeah. So it, 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 let's go through each one. Advancing workforce training. Now, you know, that that seems like something that the company itself would do. It doesn't sound like, you know, a foundation activity. How did you decide what the company was going to do and what the foundation was going to do? 
Well, I mean, a couple quick answers that that are, uh, of course, obvious to you and, and others. The first one is IRS has some pretty clear determinations there, right, about what we can do. We cannot provide a direct benefit to the company. In fact, that would be contrary to our philanthropic goals anyway. We're here to use these dollars to build society and, and as I said, get the highest return um, on, an, on investments um, you know, for all of that. Yeah. There's no doubt that we have drawn heavily on the knowledge and the networks exactly. that the company has, right? I mean, we when I first came in, we had a couple of people on the board of directors who were apprentices themselves in Germany, right? They started out as apprentices. That gives you tremendous passion and knowledge. Those are speakers uh, readily available, and they know how it's done. But this is the this is the, the model that our competitors use. This is the model that we use. And candidly, it's one that we're pretty passionate, um, you know, when it comes to apprenticeships and work-based learning that we think uh, the U.S. really can adopt and, and benefit from. So it was a core competence of the company. And so as you started to think about how you can make a benefit in the community, it was, well, let's share this core competence and advanced workforce training in the community. So what exactly is, you know, in, in how you're doing it, what exactly is workforce training and how do you do that? Yeah, I, um, so again, go, go back to within workforce training, right? It's a, it, one of the things we recognize early is a lot of folks are in that space and you gotta be clear about what you're driving and where your opportunities are. So we're very narrowly focused within workforce training. Again, those jobs that require more than a high school degree, less than a college degree and strong technical skills. You know, why? Because we know what those jobs pay. It's north of $50,000 starting uh, as a starting wage. They come with very little debt. These are a floor to a career, not a ceiling to a career. They're really an opportunity to advance to the middle class um, and beyond. So that's, you know, that workforce uh, training piece, that's really why we got into it. One of, and we stayed in the areas that we know, right? We stayed in areas like manufacturing, uh, within healthcare, um, a number of those jobs, um, because we have the core competency in all of that. And then within the strategy, we, we again, really focused, not finding new models, right? There are a lot of smart people out there, a lot of smart institutions, but what are the proven models that are out there that we can accelerate, capture, and scale with our partners. Yeah. And our partners are the likes of National Governance Association Center for Best Practices, which has done an exceptional job of capturing, providing technical expertise. National League of Cities, same, same model. New America, uh, creating the Partnership to Advance Youth Apprenticeship, which J.P. Morgan Chase Foundation, Carnegie, Lumina, Casey, and a number of others um, are our partners in. So that's really has been a big piece of this is to figure out, again, we're not reinventing the wheel. Those wheels are out there. Let's find the right ones and get them out. So this is all about working through, you know, other 501c3s, not-for-profits, and providing training and your own, you know, the the, the expertise from Siemens in how to get, prepare people, give them the skills in order to engage in, you know, in, in work that will be meaningful to them, but also will be very productive and give them a path to the middle class. So that, that's that's how you justify it as a, you know, as a great need. But it also is great for, you know, the business world because there's there are skill set shortages out there. You know, we can't find workers. Um, you know, this is all well documented. So it's it's getting people prepared to to have a great work life and 
and provide companies with this, you know, with this workforce that is that is skilled rather than dealing with people who, you know, they would have to work with on their own. So this this is a big deal. Yeah, this is this is I, I mean, in our minds, this is the opportunity of the moment, right? I mean, for, for us at, at Siemens, we're incredibly excited about what's happening in the US economy right now with $1.5 trillion in the next de decade being invested. We're bringing manufacturing back um, to the shores in, in the US. We, we announced, the company announced this week, some $500 million of investments in manufacturing facilities uh, here in the US. And we're certainly not alone. I mean, the, the business community has stepped up um, big, but there is a huge opportunity here to, to reshore manufacturing, we're rebuilding ports, bridges, rail lines. These things that we've been begging for, literally for generations, have finally arrived, but now we've got a problem that we have to solve for, and we're fully capable of doing that. Um, what we know about, and Steve, I know you know this better than I do, but I mean, the workforce of today tends to be much older, much more male than the workforce of tomorrow. The growth is coming from women, and from communities of color. And just like all of our markets, right, that requires knowing, uh, having an expertise and having a different approach to how you recruit and train and, and involve yourself in society. So all of that is, is part of the excitement that we have. So that's advancing workforce training. The second area of priority for you is health, reducing health disparities. How are you doing that? Yeah, we're doing that in a couple of really um, great ways. First of all, You'll hear as we describe these areas that there is a, kind of a common denominator of workforce development. Um, but before I get into that in health equity, we work with a couple of really great partners. One is Choose Healthy Life, which is a coalition of Black ministers centered out of New York, but really operating in uh, eight to 12 states around the U.S. They are providing health care, training their congregations to, to do testing, uh, to do referral, to work with community clinics. Um, on healthcare for their congregations and their communities um, surrounding them. With the National Alliance of Hispanic Health, we're the national sponsor of their 16 health fairs that take place uh, between the spring and the fall. Um, I was just in Brownsville, Texas. They had some 5,000 individuals and families at the zoo. Um, for many of those folks, this is the healthcare that they receive for the year. Um, it's everything from nutritional training to signing up for healthcare insurance, et cetera. And then back to the health, back to the workforce development um, side of things, we have a three-year large partnership with the Washington Association of Community Health. They have developed a couple of models in the medical assistance and dental assistant um, apprenticeships that they are scaling out um, to states across the country. And our grant there is really an acknowledgement of the tremendous leadership they've shown and the tremendous promise they have of taking that model further out and nationally. So again, that workforce development is really at the, at the base of this. And when you think of health equity, it's not just you know, providing the health care right, to a community, it's also being able to hire from that community to make sure that uh, folks, folks who look like me, if I if I'm in a particular community that I can identify with, that are my neighbors, are the same folks filling these jobs that provides a paycheck into the community, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, so that's two of them, and your third goal is creating a more sustainable world. I think people uh, people understand that and it resonates. But tell us exactly how you're doing that. Yeah, well, you know, I think that one's going to get to sort of the the subject of the of the hour here for us anyway. 
Um, this is the, a launch that we just had in the last 30 or 60 days with a program called Everyone, Everyone uh, Charging Forward. That is a $30 million 10-year initiative to drive inclusive workforce development in the EV charging sector. So very specific areas there, but we're focused on the manufacturing, maintenance, and installation of electrical electric vehicle chargers. And, and again, a really narrow remit there, right? But we also had a process that will already start to sound familiar here. We were looking at, you know, where do we have the highest return on investment? Um, that $1.5 trillion opportunity here to drive an economy, to drive sustainability, you know, here in the US and around the world, to drive national security. Um, all of those things are there. And we're excited about that, but we know that there are some 15 million infrastructure jobs coming online over the next 10 years. And at the same time, some 17 million infrastructure related uh, workers who will be moving out of their jobs during that time period. So that, that issue of there is an, a problem we have to solve for was key to us. And we sat down and said, well, there's a lot of different places we could, we could stick our toes in here. Where is the place that we think we can have the highest return on investment? And we looked at those jobs, they're sustainable jobs. These are not jobs that are going to be in a community for uh, a year or two years and then move down the road, they're there. But we looked at the, the wages that were being paid. Uh, we looked at the cost of entry for workers. Uh, and, and we looked at a couple of regions. Um, well, we looked at a lot of regions, but we narrowed to the Midwest in Detroit, and we narrowed to the Southeast as two places where we saw some really good collaboration happening among business, academia, uh, labor, and others, um, and really you know, put our, put our oar in the water there. We're discussing the Siemens Foundation and their multiple goals to support the community. We're going to take a short break and be right back. What does the future of work mean for your employees? How will your company navigate ESG? Will there be a global recession? At the Conference Board, our experts translate the latest research and economic analysis into insights and real-time problem solving for your organization. Membership at the Conference Board provides your team with an assortment of knowledge from economics, marketing and communications, ESG, public policy, and human capital. As a member, you'll have access to our center experts, member-exclusive events, data and benchmarking tools, and peer sharing that will help you understand the present and shape the future. Consider becoming a Conference Board member today by visiting www.conference-board.org. Welcome back to CEO Perspectives. I'm your host, Steve Odlin from the Conference Board, and I'm joined today by David Etchweiler, CEO of the Siemens Foundation. So Dave, right before the break, we were talking about your new Everyone Charging Forward program, and everyone and the, the everyone that first two letters in everyone is EV, which right. is capitalized, which yep. is uh, which is you know a, a very good, very creative. But you know, let, Let's go a little bit deeper into that. So, so of all the sustainability projects which you could have developed, you focused on EV and about uh, you know the infrastructure needs behind that. Say again or a little bit more about you know how did you focus in on that? Yeah, well, I mean, again, you know, the the 
the demand side of this was important, right? I mean, a lot of what's happening in the infrastructure bill is starting to unfold now, but we looked immediately at, hey, there's demand now. We know that. We know that it's already affecting the um, the uptake in electric vehicle purchases right now, right? We know that those jobs are uh, readily filled uh, as soon as they're made. We know that they're, they pay good wages. So that was a very obvious set of uh, data for us to take a look at. But we also looked at places like, as, as I mentioned before the break, Detroit and North Carolina and saw some exceptional opportunities there in the way that collaborations were coming. And by the way, we, we really vetted through about 60 or 70 different um, opportunities with, with the folks that helped us put this strategy together. But that was the other piece of this is that we really saw a tremendous opportunity um, in terms of of, uh, of the timing of things. So is the program focused strictly on vehicle charging infrastructure? Yeah, it, fo- it does. It focuses on the manufacturing, installation, and servicing of electric vehicle chargers. And what I probably haven't emphasized enough is, you know, when we looked at uh, the, the background and the data here about how we're going to build a workforce in this area, Again, the same trends come along, right? I mean, it's the the number of electricians that are needed in this country over the over the next decade or two um, is uh, is astronomical. And when you look at the number of women who who are there, it's something in the neighborhood of three or four percent of electricians are women, right? So, so again, just as a business strategy, right? How do we make sure that we're including everybody in this workforce? Communities of color, rural communities, all of those. Are, are opportunities for us to do better as employers and educators. Yeah, it's really interesting how you blended the three goals together because you've got workforce training, reduction of health disparities, and then sustainability, but they're all really work, workforce training. It's, it's developing right. workforces that can, that can deal with these issues. So you're not just saying, well, let's give money to, you know, you know, to, to help with one person. You're, you're really you know, they say if you if you give a person a fish, they eat for a night. If you teach them the fish, they eat for a lifetime. You're teaching people to fish, meaning you're giving them the skill sets to engage in all three of these areas in order to be productive individuals, in order for their lives to be improved, in order for companies to be able to deal with these, and then uh, you know to these goals, and 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 then for the nation to meet its national goals all at the same time. So these are all interrelated themes. Yeah, to- totally, totally agree. And it's that, I mean, the, the, the win-win statement is probably too often used, but the fact of the matter is here, it's, and I'm about to repeat what you just said, Th- these are sustainable jobs. They pay well. They get folks to the, to the middle class, right, without, without debt. That's a huge win. The environmental issue is here. We know we have to solve for that, and this drives that forward. It opens up a bottleneck. Um, to moving us to electric vehicles in a more sustainable future. It moves us forward from an economic standpoint, right? If we're going to enjoy these jobs and this economic prosperity as a business community, as a society writ large, then we've got to solve for this problem and even go back to the national security issue. I mean, we're, we're bringing chip manufacturing back here. Um, and this all, obviously, we're in the electric vehicle sector right now, but this all feeds into, I think, you know, what we have to continue to do better uh, as a business community. Yeah, and you're trying to deal with some of these key trends uh, facing the U.S. workforce. And so you might want to just talk more about that because, you know, the conference board has written extensively about skill shortages and gaps, but 
you know, clearly your programs go right at the heart of that. Yeah, no, and and uh, I mean, the trends are really what's driving it for us, right? And and that was a lot of the conversation that we had and the data that we looked at was, this, and, and this is not a woke statement, right? This is one of the beauties of having an approach that's a disciplined approach to problem solving. But the fact of the matter is, right, there are the growth in the labor market uh, is slowing when it comes to white uh, males and older white males. And so you have to look at your practices as a society, as an employer, as an academician, and ask yourself, here's a different market. How do I appeal to a different market? How do I make sure that women understand these jobs are out here, that what the value of them is? How do I think through how childcare or transportation might have to be better developed in the case of those training models? How do I think of communities of color and how they perceive or don't perceive the, um, access to these jobs? And fortunately, we, we have located, we have landed on some partners here who are doing a tremendous job, have a track record uh, over time of doing that extremely well. So that's certainly, you know, one of the big trends there. And the other big trend here is workers have more power, right? In the midst of all of this, um, workers and unions have more power. And so as we're moving forward, we understand that, you know, getting folks involved in these uh, training models also means helping them understand what the opportunities are, what the long-term possibilities uh, in all of the, those are. Um, and that's part of the, that's part of the equation as well. Yeah. But you, you go back to Siemens and what they, what the company does, you're, you're in the foundation, but what the yeah. company does, it's all about industrial automation. It's about building technology, energy yeah. technology, medical technology. So not only are you is, is Siemens through the foundation trying to deal with the needs of the community, one of its many constituents, but it's also trying to leverage its own capabilities and skill sets, you know, within their lines of business to do this. So it, it's it's really a, a bundled strategy here uh, through the foundation. Yeah, for, for sure. I mean, that I have been in corporate philanthropy for, for most of my career and have been in leadership positions both in the corporation and in different different fields, including with the conference board um, at various times. And that's that's the really fun piece of this, right? This is the strategy that aligns in, a, in the appropriate ways, right? The reputation brand within specific communities, right? And you named them at the beginning, you named some of them at the beginning, right? But building that brand um, and leveraging the heck out of the assets that you have around you. Um, and it's, it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing when you get to a board table and, and you've come together as a board and there's an appropriate strategy and you're serving society. And, um, and there's that, that lift of, hey, here's who we are in terms of our values and, and what's meaningful to us. So it, it, as you as you think about this, and you know you have been in in philanthropy forever, you know <laughs> how would you advise other senior leadership teams, CEOs, boards to to look at their own company and their own set of capabilities and assets and develop their own strategy? How 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 do you how do you do that? How should they think about that? Yeah, I mean we talked a little bit about it at the beginning. I mean I I really do think. It, it's one of the, the great things that we do here in the U.S. that isn't mimicked in most other cultures. There's an expectation now that you're going to leverage 
your assets and your knowledge base and your passion here to drive change in society, right? Like maybe 25 years ago, you're supposed to go the opposite direction that it was kind of, it, it looked like, yeah, you shouldn't do that. Now we have very clear lines about obviously what is appropriate under IRS guidelines, but more appropriately, you know, even back from that, what's appropriate from a, a, a values and moral side. But but once you find that that area of overlap, the highest return on investment, using your uh, your assets as a company, your passions, knowing who your constituencies are, um, and and working through that as a board. And by the way, it doesn't take forever. I mean, it's you know, it's like any other strategic planning phase. If you just if you stretch it out, you're going to kill it. Um, but if you can be thoughtful and move quickly. Um, that's huge. And there's tremendous, um, you know, tremendous opportunities here in corporate philanthropy to do that. Yeah. So it, it seems to me that, you know, it, you didn't take us through chapter and verse on this thing, but you, you started with, hey, you know, the community is an important constituent. We need to take care of the community. We need to leverage our skill sets. What are our skill sets? What lines of business are we in? Where do we want to focus that's consistent with those lines of business and our skill sets? Um, and taking care of the community, you settle on three areas and boom, you know, you're off and running. And it seems to me that that's just a very common sense, simple template and an approach for, for almost any, any organization who obviously need to involve themselves in their communities. It's just, it's just expected now that corporate America, the capitalism is, is about you know, it being sustainable, it's about engagement in in a multi constituency model. So it's it seems like this is a classic case of of how to approach it that others can leverage. Yeah, I, I you know I hope so, and it's certainly part of you know what we've captured a number of years ago. I and, and a colleague from IBM led the Future of Corporate Philanthropy initiative with and and with a team of leaders from around the country. But that model that we that we used at Medtronic, we brought forward there, we brought forward here at, at Siemens, has really worked out well for a lot of folks. And, and, you know, what you're describing, what we're talking about here is just so important when you get into your, your um, brand and reputation at various levels, right? It's the community, it's the communities around your business units. It's the expectation of the mayors um, and, and the governors in the states and cities in which you do business and you know, drive your business lines. It's the conversations that you have, you know, with representatives. And again, it's not about it's not why you do that, but it's an opportunity to say we share values, we share work. Here's what we're doing to do our share, and that pays you know huge dividends in terms of reputation um, and brand. Again, it's not why you do it. If you do it for that reason, you're going to miss it. But that authentic engagement glues together a lot of relationships. Yeah, these are great words of wisdom and uh, I think a model that other companies could follow. David Etzweiler, CEO of the Siemens Foundation, thanks for being with us today. Steve, great to be with you. Thank you. And thanks to all of you for listening in to CEO Perspectives. Every week I'll be joined by a prominent thought leader to provide insights on the issues of our time. We'll cover leading topics in economics, public policy, ESG, and more. Please share CEO perspectives with your colleagues, with your friends, with everybody who cares about their communities. I'm Steve Odlin, and this series has been brought to you by the Conference Board. You have been listening to CEO Perspectives, a podcast by the Conference Board.